Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. Hey, welcome to uh, Wednesday Night Worship. We're so excited that we're here. We're, um, we're, trying, we're trying to be somewhat normal. And so tonight, uh, we're going to go back to what it was in the spring. We have a Wednesday Night Sermon Series. We have Wednesday Night Small Groups. And we have Wednesday Night Worship. And the worship team killed it tonight, so thank you. Uh, but we're going to start a new series called Family Matters. And what I want you to do, I think our first slide is a question. And uh, just kind of think to yourselves, you can answer this question yourselves. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word family? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word family? So I did a Google search, my family is, and I let it autofill, and these are the top six uh, answers that are on Google. My family is crazy. How many of you can identify? My family's crazy? Yes, my family's crazy. Okay. Uh, My family is fun. You guys have fun families, right? Um, this is the number three on Google. My family is broken. You guys can identify with that. My family's broken. Um, number four, my family is unique. Uh, everybody, yeah, everybody, right? Okay. Uh, and then the last two are kind of the same. It was my family is large and my family is small. So people are searching for something to put in an answer to this question. Like, my family is this. My family is that. However, None of the answers that I saw on Google tell me the biblical definition of a family. They don't tell me, uh, not, only, they, they, not only are they not telling me what a family is, they don't tell me what a family is designed to do. They don't tell me what a family is designed to be. They don't tell me the, the unique facets of your situation or of my situation because my family ultimately is different. Everybody's family is different. Nobody's family, even if you vacation in the same place or you don't even think about vacationing, like your family is different different. Everybody has their own set of presuppositions that they bring to the table when asked this question. What do you think when you hear the word family? I was reading through some stuff today, and the word that I think of when I hear the word family is first. That's, the, that's my first word. My family is first, because family is first, right? Like the, the, the kind of the, the relationship, the familial context biblically is the first thing. Everything else was good, right? God created the heavens and the earth in relationship to each other, family. God created light and dark. And they only work with each other, family. God created animals. God filled the sea, family. But then all those things were good. They were fantastic. And then God created man and woman and said, this is very good. Multiply. Have a family. Let's show the rest of the earth how awesome this thing is. So when I think of family, I think of the word first. Here are some of the things that I wrote down. Family is the first authority. Every single government in the world looks to see what a family should be and how they define really pretty much all their laws, all their ideas, everything. It's what does the family need? And those governments that don't put the family first, you don't hear about them often anymore because they've fallen, right? The family is the first authority. Um, Another one, the family is the first nation. The first people to ever be a unit, to ever be an entity in and of themselves was the family. 
right? The family is the first diversity. You think differently. You love differently. You serve differently. You, you are different. It's the first diversity. And lastly, uh, family is the first responsibility. It's the only thing that you will forever be tied to. It's the only thing that you don't get to choose, yet here you are having to live in it. You can't choose who your mom and dad are. You can't choose your family members. You can't choose your siblings. Some of you wish you could, but you just can't. Yet the Lord has called you to this unit. He has placed you here. And now the, the flip side of this is some, sometimes, some of you guys, when you hear the word family, you might hear or think abuse. You might think abandonment. And you could be 100% correct, but I need you to know that in family matters, that's not how God designed family. He did not design family to show the worst of humanity. He designed family to show the best of who we are. We, we flourish the best. We are at our peak when we are in a familial context. This right here is family. This is why we can let the youth have it, because we're family, because we trust each other, because we're working with each other, because we're refining each other. This is where humanity flourishes in the family. Nathan Finocchio, I know that sounds funny, Nathan Finocchio would say this, uh, I think this is on the, the screen, um, the family is meant to make vital decisions for a, for a developing human that knows nothing about the world or itself. It is where humans are to learn to respect and honor each other amid conflict. Essentially, the family is the first ordination. It's the first thing that God designs humans to do together, to be a family. To be in love, to be in service, to be in you before me. Like, this is the family context, and yet we look all across even just our city, and we see the lack of strong families. My dad and mom, they live in Jackson, Mississippi. They pastor a very diverse uh, racial, uh, inter interracial, intergenerational church, and the number one issue that they see in their church is broken families, lack of fathers in the homes. Lack of um, married parents. Some of them are just co cohabiting, right? Like co-parenting. It's the number one issue that they have in their church, and they see the brokenness of that. They see the fallout of that because God didn't design family that way. He designed family to operate within the covenant. And what, what the good news is, is you don't have to be married to be in the family. God creates family for all people. You get grafted in. You're born, you're not married, but you're in. You're adopted. You're not, you're not married, but you're in. you got friends who are closer than family. Like, you're not married, but, but you're in. And, and in this familial context, what God is trying to do is show you how to love. And everybody loves differently, right? Um, there, there are, what, is there five love languages? Five love languages. Um, and I think mine are um, physical touch, words of affirmation, physical touch, and physical touch. Those are my love languages. Also, coffee and, and, and Chipotle. But that's a, that's a hard number five. The other four, right, they're, they're, they're kind of the peak. That's how, you, that's how Jordan, that's how she loves me well. And in that, God has designed you to be you, but in your family, God has designed this family unit to figure out how I can best serve her and she can best serve me. And in that, we can best serve our children. And hopefully when they grow up, they can best serve their families and hopefully serve us. Who knows? But like in this familial context, you learn to love as God intended us to love. In short, the more heaven looks like earth, the more earth looks like family. The more heaven looks like earth, the more earth looks like family. I had a, uh, I had a, um, 
we were teaching on, on a familial context one time at a church in Tennessee, and the whole premise of it was family is designed to bring the best out of you as you bring the best out of others around you. No matter if somebody's having an off day, no matter if somebody's having a bad day, no matter what they said to you at the end of the night, like you guys go to the same house. You're in the same, like, like you, you are committed to each other. The more heaven looks like earth, the more earth looks like family. The issue in family is actually very simple, though. Family is, is held in tension, the extremes of both. It is the best of everything and the worst of everything. I wrote some of these things down as well. Family is the easiest and the hardest people in the world to love. Yes? Right? Like, man, mom, thanks so much. The next day, mom, I can't believe you. 100%, right? Or like siblings, man, sibling rivalries, all that stuff, right? I, I love you. When siblings get together, I said this a few weeks ago, you can't stop siblings when they're on the same page. But when they get off, it's horrible. Family is the easiest and hardest to love. Family is the funniest and the most annoying people you'll ever be around in your entire life. We used to go on trips down I-95 to go down to Florida. And man, my brother and I, like if we didn't have our own things to do, we would just get at each other. We were the most annoying people in each other's lives, yet we were family. And lastly, family offers you the best and the worst of the experiences you'll ever have in your life. Some of the relationships that, that you'll have in your family will be the worst things that will ever happen to you. But then also, most of the familial relationships you have will be the best things that ever happen to you. And actually, your familial relationships are setting you up to then have your own family, to be an extension of, right? Jesus said, raise your child in the way they should go, not the way they should stay home. My kids are 18. Love you. Go. I've, I've got more money for supper now for Jordan and I. I'm not paying for you anymore. But like, you, they, they, it's designed to then branch out and become more family. However, with family being the first ordination, that means that it deserves our first respect. It deserves our highest priority. It's our first responsibility. When the family is operating well, everything around it, is, it's unaffected. It doesn't affect the family. Like, like, we're good. We're in it, right? As a matter of fact, the family is going to be the unit of change for all the bad things that are around. The church is the family. All, all, the, all the good impact that the church does around the world, it's because we operate like a family. Because when, when we go to Costa Rica or when we go to wherever we go, we go together. And we're bringing our family with us. We're here to serve you. We're here to love you. It's because that's the familial relationship. Jesus gives us an idea of how family is designed to teach us to love in John 13. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, go ahead and open up to John 13. We're just going to do uh, the first few verses, but I'll, I'm just going to read verse 1 right now. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them till the end. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves your family. Jesus will love you, and Jesus will love your family, regardless of what you think about you or what you think about your family. Now, here's what I know about the human experience. Here's what I know about family, being the head of one and also being in one, like being a kid and stuff like that, right? Here's what I know about the family. Um, respect is, is earned, generally, right? Like, you, you grow up having a reverence for the position of dad and mom, hopefully, but then as you get older, the relationship dynamic shifts a little bit. My dad and I have deeper conversations now than we did when I was 12. That's just how life goes. And then the respect that is given from the position that the family offers is now earned from the relationship that is exchanged because family is growing together. Having loved his own, he loved them till the end. 
you do know that his own family member got him killed, right? The best and the worst of experiences. Judas, the family, the brother, all of these people that were engaged with him and communicated with him and lived life with him, one of his own offered one of the worst experiences that would happen. Yet he said, having loved them, I have loved them till the end. Family last. Jesus loves those who may have left your family, and he also loves those who have yet to join your family. If you're looking at, at our church from the outside, if you look at our church and kind of our doctrines and some of these things, uh, how many of you guys were in First Family Sunday? On Sunday, right? Some of you guys were there. So we do communion. We, we offer communion. It's an open table for believers. And I love communion. It's my favorite sacrament because, honestly, it's, it's an adoption. It's an adoption process. It's Jesus saying, my table is open not only for those who are already here, but for those who have yet to join. It's Jesus saying, you're welcome at my table. You're welcome in my family. You're welcome here because family welcomes. Family is not afraid to expand. Family's not afraid to grow. Family's not afraid to branch off because God designed it in this way. Having loved his own, he loved them till the end. And because Jesus loves your family, you should be loving your family too. Because we're trying to be like Jesus. Because Jesus loves your family, because he thinks of your family, because he designed family, and because he stresses family, you should do those things too. This does not mean that family is without frustration doesn't mean that family is without issue. But what it does mean is that you choose to love regardless. We're going to look at love just for a second. One of the questions that has uh, baffled the world, I think, is what does love look like? Like I said, love is different. Jordan, uh, me, physical touch, words of affirmation, Chipotle, Starbucks, or just any coffee, really. Um, that's, that, that's, that's my way to love. So, so if you want to love me well, take me to Starbucks. Some of you guys, if, if we want to love you well, we'll leave you alone. So, like, love looks different, right? So when you look at the question of what does love look like, it's going to look different for everyone. However, there is one unifying answer. We're going to read verses 2 uh, through 5. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. And he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus is answering our question, what does love look like? Love looks like serve. Love is a do. Love is an action. Love is a verb, right? Like love is a do. So what does love look like? Love looks like me putting you before me. Love looks like me asking myself, how can I serve my family before I ask myself, how can I serve me? Love looks like a lack of selfishness. And when the family is clicking, when the family is on point, when the family is operating well, if you really stop and look at a functioning family that's doing it well, it's because they're loving and serving each other. They might not know it. They might not be aware of it, but dad's not thinking about dad. Dad's thinking about the family. Mom's not thinking about mom. Mom's thinking about the family. Everybody is in service mode. What does love look like? Love looks like service. Jesus uses his heavenly authority to show his people what love looks like. Jesus did not have to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus didn't have to explain anything to his people. Jesus didn't have to do anything. Yet he says, with my heavenly authority, I'm going to show you what the family was designed to do. It's designed to show you how to love better. The family is designed to challenge you a bit. 
The family is designed to set things above you. The family is designed to be the first. When you guys see movies, there's, there's these movies, right, and you can have the heroic person who lays down their life for their family. Jesus would say there's no love like a love for one who lays his life down for a brother. And I think we just kind of read over those things and we romanticize those things. However, I think that Jesus is serious here. That love looks like you before me. As a matter of fact, most of the answers to your problems in the family is for you to serve. Feeling tense? Serve. Feeling tension in your relationships? Serve. Go low. Feeling stressed? Feeling anxious? Figure out a way to serve in your family. I hate doing dishes, but I do the dishes all the time. And the sink is always full, even if I just did them a minute ago. Like, the sink is always full of dishes, but I'm here to serve. If you're feeling anxious about life, if you're feeling stressed about life, if you're feeling happy or joyous about life in your family, serve. Now, when, I, when we say let the youth have it, we say that because we believe that you can make a change. We believe that you guys bring something to the table that some of us leaders cannot, whether it's vitality, whether it's passion, whether it's zeal, whether it's a new perspective, whether whatever it is, you bring something to the table that I can't. And when we say let the youth have it, it is your opportunity to serve. It is your opportunity to figure out ways that you can best love the people around you. It's your opportunity to show the people who might have forgotten what family looks like, you before me. It's your opportunity to lead by serving. Owen and I have talked all the time about worship and kind of what this looks like and how we're going to lead. And I try to tell him all the time, and I know that he gets it, and I know that, but I don't want to stop telling him. The best way that you can lead your people is to serve your people. Check on them. Ask them how they're doing. Go, go low, right? Like, hey, how can I go out of my way today to make sure that you feel loved? Because that's what family does. They love. If you're feeling disconnected in your relationships with your family, serve. If you're feeling super connected in your relationship, serve. Always be looking for the opportunity to serve. We're going to wrap in just a minute and go to groups. God desires to use the family as something to grow our ability to love. When I can love the best and the worst people in my life all the time, even when I don't feel like it, then I can go love others outside of my family. I can bring them into my family. I love that the fourth option, no, the, the third option on Google was my family is broken. That is more common, I think, than we realize. And when we say broken, we don't mean mom and dad are divorced. That could be that. But what if it's just like an emotional disconnect in the home? You know what it's like when you're not clicking with each other. My family is broken. The best way that I can love my wife, regardless of all these other things that, you know, you know, words of affirmation and quality time and acts of service. Man, Caleb got lucky. I think Kristen's uh, love language is gifts. He could just keep sending gift care packages all the time. And Caleb's my brother and Kristen's his wife. But I have to figure out how to serve her in those ways, this quality time, these acts of service. And I have to seek these things out and learn how to implement them Here's our last little bit. Loving well can be overwhelming. So you find one thing, one way to serve that one person in your family that might be the best or the hardest. Like start practicing it, right? Like you got to pra- work at being a family. So is a marriage. So is a friendship. You have to work at this. 
But God has designed the family to be the shining light into what heaven looks like. We, we were having a conversation today in staff about um, kind of how our church is, is kind of shifting and growing a little bit and, and kind of ebbing and flowing. And we had talked about what would it look like if our church looked like heaven? Not, not if our church grew, not if our church did this specific thing or that, but what if the goal of the church was just to look like heaven, which means different races, different ideas, different, all these different things, right? Intergenerational and all that stuff. And I said, I'm so excited to get to heaven and figure out all that I'm wrong about. I'm so excited to get to heaven and see somebody there that I was like, there's no way he's here. And that person's probably thinking the same thing about me. Because that, that's family. Like, man, this is awkward. But, man, like, we get to do this. We get to be in the family. Like, to, to know that people are searching on Google, the third result, my family is broken, shows us, shows me that this is our moment. This is your moment. If we're going to let you have it, you better take it and you better run. Like, this is our moment. Now, after all of the craziness is over with the current cultural climate and the pandemic and all this stuff, there is absolutely nothing that is stopping you from growing your family by inviting people into your home that you know their family is broken. And your family might not be. Your family might be thriving. Your family might be doing awesome. And what an opportunity for your family to be the example of what a family could look like what a family could feel like we'll end with this i had a friend um when i was growing up his name was lloyd and for a little bit we lived in eastern north carolina and um lloyd was uh his family was jamaican uh he was black i was white we didn't look like each other we didn't talk like each other but we went to the same school went to the same church we were the same age uh ish he was a little bit older than me we we're in the same grade um and and, and lloyd lloyd, lloyd rayner uh probably my best friend for the, these these two or three years we lived in eastern north carolina and my dad one time went to his parents. They kind of lived in the same neighborhood as us as well. Um, and so we, we got to see each other a lot. We stayed over each other's houses. And where we lived, we didn't think anything about it. We didn't think black and white was an issue. We didn't think that, like, different family dynamics. And so uh, his, fam his parents weren't married. They had just kind of been, like, common law married. They were both immigrants coming from Jamaica. Like, they, uh, so Lloyd was, like, born in Jamaica, but he moved. Okay. So uh, we, we had been friends for about a year been going to church. His parents didn't come to church. We would like swing by and pick him up in the morning. And uh, my family used to go to Orlando for vacation because like uh, we had some family down there. So it was cheap for us to stay and we could do things. And one year we asked Lloyd if he would come, if he could come on vacation with us. So we, we asked his mom, uh, we asked his dad and they were like, you know what, G give us a little bit of time to think about this. Uh, J the Jamaican culture, uh, their like family is tight. Like they don't leave. They kind of really stick with each other. But they decided to let Lloyd leave with us and come to Orlando for a week. And in that moment, in, 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 in this moment where there was a yes for him being able to be a part of another family, just for a little bit. His family's great. Um, you know, it, it, didn't, didn't, it wasn't common, but like it, it was good. They loved each other and all that stuff. The excitement of him being invited in just to another atmosphere, even though really nothing was wrong with his. Was, he said it was the best week of his life. We played so many jokes on him. We went to Olive Garden, and if, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, you get the salad, and there's like the little olive in it, the little black olive or two. We told him it was a grape. He didn't know what it was, so we watched it, right? And it was disgusting. All these, but he learned what our, a little bit about our family. And that's not even the best part. The best part is two or three weeks later, his family then invited me to go on vacation with them. And when I got back a week later, our families 
had kind of become a family. And we were, you know, playing in each other's yards. Like the whole family now is coming. And we were, uh, and, and people in the neighborhood started to notice. Like, yeah, we didn't just get on the same bus. Like, we're eating together. We're eating supper together now. And, man, the Jamaican jerk chicken, it was authentic, and it was so good. And, like, we, we welcomed all of it, and our family was expanding, and it's all because of invitation. And is that not what Jesus is doing here when he lays down his authority to say, let me serve you. Let me invite you into what love looks like. Let me invite you into what family should feel like. Let me invite you into how to set the tone for those around you. Again, when we say let the youth have it, we believe it's because you can handle it. What, what you will do with it is your choice, but you will set the tone for this church. You will be a, not only a reflection of us, we will eventually be a reflection of you. Make it count. We're going to let you have it. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep listening to you. We're going to keep loving you, and we are expecting you to do that where you are. Family is the first ordination, and it is your first responsibility. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you've called each of us into family, that you've called each of us into unique situations, sometimes awkward, but always on purpose. And God, we uh, pray that we have the endurance to love well. We pray that, that we, we will be spending time with you uh, praying about, Lord, teach us to love well. Teach us to serve well. Teach us to be in this well. Teach us to lead well. God, we pray um, that our church would look like family. We pray that as, as heaven comes to earth, we are a reflection of that as we invite others into our lives. As we then expand, Lord, I pray that you would give us room to grow. God, we love you and we're thankful. Everybody said?